Yeah. Can you believe we are already over halfway through 2021? And, uh, you know, I, uh, I love the Instagram memes back in 2020. Can't wait for January the 1st, 2021, like COVID was going to be over then. Um, clubs still aren't open, but cinemas are, are open and uh, some things have been dropping. So today on the Off Film Podcast, we're going to be looking at the best five TV shows and the best five films that have dropped so far this year. It is uh, just Ben and Jacob with you today. Uh, we did have Charlotte back for a very long podcast last week, but Charlotte has gone to America to see her dad, which is very nice. We're all yeah. very jealous that Charlotte... Oh, she's like one of the only people who's got to leave the country in like a year and a half, so... Uh... Yeah, I am so jealous of her, and um, I hope she's having an absolute blast. I mean, mm. if I was in America, right, we're seeing my dad, I would not be doing a podcast, so... Uh, well, to I'm be fair, I did text her, ignore this message... Yeah. So I had, like, real new. And, you know, if we can get her involved in some completely virtual way for the future, we'll work it out. But uh, quite... I think, no, to be fair, like, she's in America. Like, fair play. Live yeah. and love America, I guess. That, is, that would be what I was doing. Uh, so, Ben, man, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Everything's it's happening. It's good. Here. I'm absolutely buzzing about today. Um, yeah, so when we were doing the, like, the, the pre-show meeting... Um, what we're going to speak about on today's podcast uh we came to the conclusion that i am for someone that's you know presenting a podcast about tv and film really to watch a lot more um i haven't seen a single film this year then yeah now to be fair to be fair firstly there have been slim pickings yeah right there's godzilla versus kong got dangerously close to sneaking in the top five um Secondly, I've been... You didn't I, like that. You didn't like that, did you? No, I did like Godzilla vs. Kong. I saw it in cinemas and it was bloody... It was fucking awesome. But, um, like, it's not a film that I would not have expected to be anywhere near the top five in a normal year. Um, right. Also, to be fair, I've barely watched anything recently. I've been watching an awful lot of football because it's coming oh, home. Oh, yeah, it's coming home. It's coming this is probably good to get copyright for Ben. I yeah, like, yeah. genuinely, man, I, I think we got this. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm. But the other good thing, though, with my bet, so uh, before the tournament, I put a tenner on Italy to win the whole thing. So well, if you Italy, don't want them to win the whole thing, Ben. But if Italy win, I get 120 quid. So if we I have an England, fuck, ben. if we have an England Italy final, I do want England to win in that scenario. But it's literally like the best win-win scenario. If we have Italy and Denmark in the final, because, you know, England, we still got one more match to play and then we'll see if we get in the final. It's at Wembley, it's against Denmark. England England should touch wood. We got this, man. We, we, and we played so well, um, so well yesterday. But the other problem with the amount of football I've been watching is, my God, my head was killing this morning. Yeah, Ben, for someone who a couple of weeks ago was telling me you never want to drink alcohol again and that you really want to go teetotal for life, um, quite ironic. I've been getting a lot of photos with you in it with a, either a beer or a wine in your hand. Yeah, no, I am. Um, I yeah, I'm getting through the alcohol with the football. It's... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they go hand in hand. You can't expect to um, stop drinking while the... you know doing incredibly well. Yeah, just Europe. just a quick story before we talk about the slot number five. It was like England Czech Republic, and the next day I was right. having my jab. Yeah. And I'm not sure you're meant to drink before you get the jab, but I went in... I've abs- got my jab on Tuesday. Yeah, I got mine like 10 days ago. And um, right. I got I went in and I went in feeling all perfectly fine. 
and then I get the jab and then I start feeling hungover. So Right, okay. Mm. Well note to self, I won't be drinking. So I'm I'm, so I'm not drinking before the second one. And if you're listening, don't drink before you get vaccinated. Yeah, but do get vaccinated. Yeah, do get <laughs> vaccinated. Just have a night off. Yeah, um exactly. Yeah. Or all two. Maybe 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 have um maybe have two off. Um Ben, without further ado, should we start with T V and then we'll do the films later on? Yeah, let's start with TV. So the one the one uh T V series that I've watched this year, you know, Ben wanted me to give him a couple of things to put in the, in the top five. I've only watched one thing and uh, glad that it has been noted and is in joint fifth position. Mm. That's very generous of you. Ben. No, I paired it uh, with Invincible because yeah. um, I think they're very similar shows. So. Okay, so in at number five on uh, the best TV shows of 2021 thus far, we've got Bad Batch and Invincible. So Ben, do you want to quickly talk to me about Invincible? Yeah, so it's based off the Robert Kirkman comic book um, and I'm a huge fan of the boys. Um, and Invincible is basically an animated version of The Boys. And I'm not the biggest fan of animated TV shows. I find them quite cartoony and quite childish. And even, oh, adult, yes, yeah. even adult animation I'm not really into. But there's something about Invincible that's really good. It's very funny. The action works. Um, I would love to see it in live action. The cast is brilliant. Um, yeah, I just... And as someone who has complete superhero fatigue has hated WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki, which did limit the... and is dreading going to see Black Mirror next week, Black Widow next week. Um, I was really shocked by how much I was taken by Invincible. And it's seeming like the scenario where I only enjoy a superhero show if it's on Amazon. And you're a big... I thought you were going to say Apple TV then. I know. This is the shock. There's nothing Apple TV on here. Because I've picked five first seasons. Yeah, so all of these are new shows of 2021. So something Not like... Not a follow-up season. Yeah, so something like Mythic Quest Season 2, which was excellent. and Or Too Hot to Handle Season 2. Yep. Or Love Island that, Season okay, 7. you clearly agree then? I haven't seen Too Hot to Handle. I've never watched an episode. Oh, why? I think you'd like it. I think I would. I don't have time. Or what's coming later this month on Apple TV+, Plus, which I'm beyond excited for... Ted Lasso, season two. That's oh, the... And of course, we will be reviewing that here on the Yeah, podcast. that, that podcast, which I am going to tee up, will have me singing the imaginary football chants for that show, because I know them. Great. I, I love that. Um... And the bad fact. <laughs> well, that's going to be a fun podcast. Already looking forward to that. May have to already book that one off and be like, Charlotte, whether you're in America or not, you can do that. I do not listen to Ben sing. Um, so in at number five, drink five, uh, I put the Bad Batch, which is the brand new star wars um spin-off tv show and uh obviously it's animated ben right have you seen at all any clips or anything from the bad batch no i honestly i think you should because i and I, i'm not just saying this because i'm a massive star wars fan i believe it's got the best animation of any show oh i've seen like stills um i from i haven't seen it like properly but i think i felt it looked a bit samey what same as clone wars or yeah, but but you know I'm absolutely loving Bad Batch. It has got a lot better recently. Um, however, I just feel like it's ten years too late. It's like mm. a Clone Wars follow up, um, which obviously the Clone Wars had a final season, you know, literally like a year a year ago. 
but um, it was like cancelled for nine years before that. So it does, for me, it feels like 10 years too late, but nevertheless, I'm loving that. All right, Ben. Oh I'm God, not... I've just seen what you've, uh, I've just seen some of the, the, the options here for best TV shows. Um, oh, best TV, the actually... top three is fire. Like, yeah, no, no, under... I have seen the top, I've seen number one. I'm not going to spoil it, yeah, but yeah. I spoke about it on the podcast before. I have, I have actually seen that. Yeah, no, uh, and The Underground Railroad, which was also probably sick, is directed by Barry Jenkins, who's my favourite director, and I thought that was a beautiful piece of art. So, like, it's, um, it's been a strong year. What have we got at number four? We've got something that everyone has one of, a Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth, Ben, what is that available on? That's not Netflix. It's a Netflix. It, it was big, it? yeah, it debuted about a month ago. Um, it was number one on Netflix for a bit, I think. Um, and basically... It was set in a post-pandemic world, so a bit, oh, so when I started watching this, I was like, nope. Uh, but there's this interesting thing that the pandemic happened, and at the same time, all human babies started to be born hybrids of animals. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and then it's set 10 years Which after. Which isn't possible. What? It isn't possible. Yeah, yeah, don't get into the biology of this show. Um then it's set 10 years in afterwards, and we follow a child called Gus, who's got deer antlers. Um, yeah, and he's trying to find his mum. That's the plot of this. And it's the most... I was watching the whole series going, who are you for? Who are you for? It is utterly insane. Like, because there are the bits, which is the nine-year-old boy trying to find his mum which is right. so cute and so sweet and so childish and really sincere and wholesome, which I loved those scenes. But then you combine it with a group of serial killer adults who are basically killing every child under the age of 10 they can find because they think they've started the apocalypse. Um, you have these last survivor camps of people who have survived against the illnesses. You have a doctor who's found the only way to cure the pandemic is literally torture the hybrids. It gets really dark and really light. And I'm that weirdly really, sounds like a really good watch. And I'm really, really into it. Like, I, I'm, as I've said, I've not had a huge amount of time, so I've not watched a lot recently, which is why, yeah, partly why we haven't done a huge amount of pods. Yeah, you, you've been too busy drinking and watching the football. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I'm working. I'm doing stuff for other people. Um... But yeah, I'm I'm into Sweet Tooth, and I'm like six episodes through, and I've got two more to go, and I'm loving it. Mate, that sounds really good. I, I may go check that out. Love the idea behind it, even though it is not possible, because I was actually speaking to my mate who's going to Oxford to do biology about this the other day, about hybrid humans. Um, yeah, it's not possible, but that still sounds sounds like great. God, biology, at o- biology at Oxford sounds awfully hard. I, I don't know if it's necessarily biology. I think it's biochemistry. God, that sounds worse. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I have, a mate, who does, I have a mate who does chemistry at Oxford. And I love it. The listeners are going to be like, oh, why? You know, they can know me and think, how have I got friends that are smart? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be so surprised. They're going to be like, who wants to hang out with this nut? <laughs> oh, dear, mate. I, uh, I may go watch Sweet Tooth, though. That sounds great. Okay, on with best TV shows. In at number three, we've got Time. Yeah, Time, which stars Sean Bean and Stephen Graham, the amazing pair, uh, written by Jimmy McGovern, who I can't think of what else he's done, but he's quite famous. Um, It's set in a prison, and you have Sean Bean's character, who he's a former teacher, he hits someone in a hit and run, he's going to jail for the first time, 
You have Stephen McGraham, who's playing a prison officer, who's struggling with his mental health. And it's a brutal, and I mean brutal, examination of the prison system. I mean, system. I love shows that are like, have a whole like prison police officer kind of vibe. So you think I'd like this, right? But it's not, it's a difficult one because it's not like Prison Break or what's that show where they lock people in for 60 days? It's not like that. All of those are kind of... Do you know what I've been watching recently? Ramsey Behind Bars? Yeah, but this is the most brutal dramatisation. Is it fiction or non-fiction? It's fiction. It's completely fictional, but it's real. It's like when you watch a really hard documentary about prison. Um, It's shocking and devastating and gut-wrenching and Hugh Grant's favourite show of the year. He tweeted that, um, which is a very big endorsement. Uh, I can't, I don't want to spoil what happens, but you, you, what, watching, it's basically watching two men have a mental breakdown and you can't watch this show and not think our prison system needs to be fixed. I mean, I am, I'm all for shows that show men having mental breakdown. I think, you know, there's a real lack of that. And I think, you know, it's important to, in a way, promote that, you know, men do have mental breakdowns. Yeah, no, it's, I can list hundreds of, it's really weird. We went through ages when only men had their stories told. And that was a really long time. And now we have, I can list hundreds of stories about women struggling, Fleabag, Feel Good, I May Destroy You, I Hate Susie, that came out, our cheer-driven shows. But we don't have anything about men's mental health. And time did kind of fill that a little bit. It also, look, I am not hugely supportive of the prison system. Uh... I actually don't really agree with locking people up. I more agree with a community service type. I think community service and therapy and job counselling. And if you give people structure, that's a better I way of getting... About, I, I know I think necessarily locking up is good, but I believe that there needs to be a rehabilitation process within that. Yeah, yeah. I think prisons don't... They're meant to punish and rehabilitate. And I don't think they do the latter. And I actually think the latter is more important. Yeah, because that's going to stop them potentially mm. from, you know, ending up being locked up again. Because if you look at our prison system, so many convicts, it's not their first time in there. Yeah, it's like yeah. It's, it's a, once you're in, you, it's a loop you can't break. That's so yeah. different. So, I think that's where prisons are going wrong. We'd also save a whole lot of money if we focus on the more rehabilitation aspect. And also, if you give these people structure and help, they will be good, they will be useful and exciting members of society. And they will help the country. And surely that's the best news for victims. Because people who commit crimes are quite troubled people. People who hurt others are quite troubled. So if we can help them in that sense, why wouldn't we? Ben, I think you... You know, spoke about that really well. Um, I definitely want to go check that out. Um, what have we got next? What's our, have what's have you next seen thing? number two? Because number two was big. Like, everyone no. was talking about this show. Everyone was talking about this. It, and it was unreal. It's, it's, I love it. The top two have been... I saw I saw it on Twitter getting a lot of love. Yeah, it's Mayor of East Town um, featuring yeah. Kate Winslet's best performance. And I say this as a Kate Winslet lover. I think she's brilliant. I have a slight crush on her. Uh, I think she was brilliant from Titanic to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minds. She was in Titanic. Oh my gosh, okay. She was Rose in Titanic. Big big names in this then. 
Well, Kate Winslet is a huge name. She's got like yeah, five Oscar um, nominations. I had an interview about her the other day. She was told she was never going to be an actress because she wasn't pretty enough. And when she was uh, in Titanic, she was, you know, so scared acting next to Leonardo DiCaprio and, and felt so judged. But it's, uh, it's the difference between Britain and America in film and TV is, and this is in no way talking shit about our British actors, yeah? But in America, right. they cast on soap operas and small things based on looks. And over here, we cast based off talent. And that is why British actors dominate the important things. Because someone like Kate Winslet... Oh, I is, think, gen- generally speaking, British actors do dominate. Yeah, it's because we cast on talent at the bottom levels instead of looks. Like, And it's we have yeah. structures in place to help actors drown their craft. Also, but, however, there are... Um, what I do love is that there are some roles that are for good-looking people, and obviously they give that to good-looking people. You have to fit the part, but if there's a part where it doesn't specify about how good-looking they are, unlike Americans, I'm sure Americans do this, like some networks and some production companies uh, do this. Can you hear me all right, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. hear you. Um, I'm just slightly more leaned back in my chair. It's uh, quarter to 11 at night, and I uh, had a, a mad one a couple of nights ago, so I'm still catching up on sleep. But I feel like in England, um, if there is a, a character... Um, it doesn't matter what he or she uh, looks like, then it's cast purely on talent. Yeah. But I feel like in America, some networks cast, yeah, that one's better looking. And they genuinely see it as that one rather than a human being. Yeah. Um, so just got an email from someone I'm going to work with about that. Uh, but I also think, to be fair, we've kind of picked the wrong show to have this discussion with because Kate Winslet's the most best-looking person in this cast. Um, oh, yeah, I think she's actually... She's, oh, she's stunning. She's she's. I don't know why he thought she wasn't good-looking. But anyway, and yeah, also... I, what, I was just, just talking about what, what the interview said. Yeah, yeah what's, Kate Winslet's given a couple of really good interviews on the press tour for Mayor. Um, everything she says, I listen to. But basically, she plays a small-town detective um, called Mayor, who's... It's one of those small towns where she's still famous for making a basketball shot that won high school, the village, the track, the basketball championships 20 years ago. Um, now she's old, she's run down, well, she's 40, she's a grandmother. Um, Winslet is very down to earth, she nails the accent. And suddenly, in this small town, girls start going missing. And it's scary, and you don't know who did it. And it's got a great cast, Evan Peters, uh, who is probably the only attractive member of the cast in there. Gene Smart, Juliet Nichols, who, um, Julianne Nicholson, who steals the last episode. I'm not going to say what happens, but she nails it. Um, Right. It's, I'm not a huge crime fan, like, I don't invest... surprising, because there's a couple of, you know, crime moms in this list. Yeah, well... Only mayor, really, but um, I and, was uh, and time. Yeah, time's about prisons, I guess. But um, I was invested in the who did it, who could do it, and it built. Watching this every week, watching one a week on Now TV was just the highlight of my week. And that do you like you, know, you like a program that comes out once a week, don't you? Yeah, well, I do. And if you look at it, the top five, I spaced out. It's a sin. Oh shit! I've spoiled that. 
I watched Mare once a week, because that's where it was released. I watched Time once a week when it was on at 9 o'clock, and it's took me about a month to get through Sweet Tooth. So, um, I don't watch things very quickly. Right, and I feel I, like you can also take it in more. Yeah, but it also gets you creates more of a buzz if it's uh, it gets if it's, more, it's more fun. And One Division, which wasn't on this list because I don't really like Marvel, um, but that was undeniably ridiculously hyped up and built around, and you would literally be on Twitter on a random Wednesday and people are talking I, I, about. As was like Mandalorian, though. To be yeah, fair. yeah, as was Mandalorian, but I think One Division was a whole different level, right? Of just WandaVision, because WandaVision was in a lockdown as well, and that just went insane. In a way, it wouldn't have if it was Yeah, weekly. lockdown has really helped streaming service, and, you know, we've really seen the TV shows. I think TV shows are the way forward rather than films. I think limited series. I think something like Mayor of Easttown 10 years ago would have been a film because it's very similar to the Ben Affleck-directed film Gone Baby Gone, uh, but now you see it as a seven-episode TV series. And actors like Kate Winslet, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, uh, all film actors, won lots of Oscars between the three of them, Meryl Streep, all do their best work on TV now. Um, yeah. Jason Sudeikis is nailing But TV. even if you look at the MCU and, you know, Star Wars and things, their, their future is TV series. I'm not sure about the big films. Um, I think... I actually think with stuff like The Mandalorian and the Star Wars and the MCU films, the first ones are big, but they all get lower. And when you have three or four of these shows a year, they don't feel special. One Division and The Mandalorian felt like events, but I can't imagine a She-Hulk TV series will feel like an event. I can imagine the book of Boba Fett will be like an event. I'm not sure, I'm not sure it will get people in in the same way The Mandalorian did. I think I it's too similar. It's meant also, to be you know what I've uh, you know what I've been seeing a lot on um, seeing a lot online. A lot of people have been saying that Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, Star Wars feature film, they did a couple of years ago, that should have been a TV series, and it would have been better. I think. Yeah, I think Obi Wan will be an event when that's coming. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. And you and is it called Obi Wan or Kenobi? Obi Wan, it's Obi Wan, and you and McGregor, another actor who's doing his best work on TV because he just played Houston in the Ryan Murphy series, Houston, like two months ago. He was unreal in that. I feel like we haven't even got to number one, and we have probably listed about 25 amazing shows for people to go and watch. It's been we a strong have, year for But without further ado, even though it's already been spoiled, without doubt, this this series just had to get the top spot for so much it has done for the LGBTQ plus community, but even people that it aren't It was just a moment. It, it was just... So many people... This show is an absolute movement. It is phenomenal. Go check it out. I'm talking about It's a Sin, our number one spot of top TV series of uh, 2021. Yeah, it, it just felt like a moment in a yeah. really insane way. Um, this, all right, you know, when we were speaking about how, uh, you know, shows that literally on a random Wednesday or whatever is being spoken about on Twitter, It's a Sin is that show. Oh, yeah, it's still, people still talk about it, people still reference it. I've been preparing by Emmy lists, um, and I am just hoping and praying that gets nominated in 10 days' time when the nominations happen, um, because it is arguably one of the best TV shows that's ever happened. But I also think over in the UK... It was just such a big deal. We're Is it like, big abroad? Yeah, it has, but it's not been as big abroad. I don't know. It just blew up here in a way that everyone was talking about it. 
<laughs> and it's a good reason. Those five episodes, they, they hurt. I mean, each one of them, they were emotional roller coasters in a good way. Like, I was laughing, I was crying, I just couldn't. You've watched it now, haven't you? I haven't watched it at all. I have not watched it all because, what episode Ben, I only, you, on? you know, I finished school literally, like, two days ago. Yeah, I, I was aware of I that. This summer, I will be watching that for sure. Have you watched any of it? Yes, I've watched the first two episodes, and I thought they were both absolutely incredible. And it gets better. Like, episode three and episode five are the best two. That just excites me even more that it, that, it, that it gets better. I am so, so excited to go watch it. But honestly, we spoke about it on the podcast before. So much love for It's a Sin. All right. Still to come on the RCT Film Podcast. We are going to be going through the best films. But first, Ben, I want to talk to you about my claim to fame. Oh. Hello. I haven't heard this story. I got reposted on a certain... Well, no, no, no. Okay, I didn't. Um, I was too scared to put it on my story. Um, it's... Uh, we did a snap and we at, uh, we added a celebrity on our Instagram story. I was too scared to put it on mine, so my mate who I was with put it on, but it's got me in it. And it was reposted by none other than the Queen, Maya Jama herself. Oh, Maya Jama, she's... Did you hear the story about the random guy who FaceTimed her? Yes! That was <laughs> the funniest thing, like... So the guy, um, if you if you haven't heard the story, you need to check it out and watch the video. Um, a guy um, was on holiday and got a number off a, off a girl, but she obviously gave him the wrong number. She pied him off. Yeah, she pied him off by giving him a fake number. Turns out the number she gave him when he called actually was Maya Jama. So, you know, he, he lost, but he lost in the best way. Like, oh, it is incredible. She's probably changed her number, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, no, now a bunch of weird, probably perverts have her number, so... Yeah, and also he, you know, could be making a lot of money off selling that number, mm. so... And she's doing... Have you seen Year Late Euros? I haven't. Which is weird, no. because I love Peter Crouch and I love that little Alex Horn. Uh, but so. it's on a Friday night, isn't it? It's on every night after the big Euros games. Oh, wow, because she also has another show with Peter Crouch that happened prior to the Euros, didn't she? Yeah, she, they did save our summer last year, and the same team are now doing, like, Euro roundup matches, but I don't know. I uh, love my drama. Yeah, she's, she's good. Uh, hasn't she, she's she's left Radio 1 now, hasn't she? She has left Radio 1. I don't think she was quite right for Radio 1. Yeah, and she left quite suddenly. Didn't it was very she? sudden. Uh, Nick Grimshaw's also left Radio 1 this week. Yeah, no, the thing about, okay... The one thing that annoyed me with how the BBC did it, yeah. With Grimmy's exit. Yeah, is because they announce it and instantly announce his successors. It's like, give him the day. He's worked there for 15 years. Give him the day. Make sure that's the news. And then... Yeah. It's like they... Well, I, you know what? In fairness, it was leaked before he announced it, who was taking over. So I feel like they then had to announce it. Yeah, but they could have... I don't... They could have got two news stories out of one and given Nick Grimshaw and Maxwell off. Yeah, he was the first gay person to host the radio. No, he wasn't the first gay person to host the radio. Scott Mills is. He's still going. Yeah, but he never hosted the radio on Breakfast Show. Yeah. The first gay person to host the radio on Breakfast Show was... 
I've forgotten his name, which is really bad. He uh, actually died of a drug overdose, but he did it with Zoe Ball for about a year. But Grimmy was the first gay person to front the Radio and Breakfast Show for six years as a solo host, and uh, he did it. He did a great job. Although I do think his time on Radio One has come to an end. But listeners, long-time listeners of the Arctic Reform podcast will know that I'm a big fan of Mr. Jordan North. Um, he's incredible. Loved him, and I'm a celebrity. He is taking over the Drive Time Show with Vic Cope, who actually follows me on Twitter. This is going to sound weird, but I find Jordan North mildly irritating. Why? You know he's going to be a national treasure. He's like future Alison Hammond. I know, but every time I see him doing something, I find him mildly annoying. I, there's just something about him that it just winds me up. Okay. I mean, I, I love him, Ben. I love him. All right, we could talk about Radio 1 Forever, or I could. Um, let's talk about the... Best films of 2021. And in at number five, Promising Young... Ben, when you sent this to me, I, you, you spelled it wrong. So it's Promising Young Woman's in at number five, but you spelled it wrong. But I, I actually read it as Promising Young Wombat. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, wombats, really cool animals, by the way, really cool animals. Yeah, love, um, promising love Young Woman, Ben. I would what do you like about Promising about Young Woman? Yeah, so we have spoke about this podcast in... Pretty substantial depth. We dedicated a whole episode to it, so I'm not going to go really into it. If you want to hear me and Charlotte have a really amazing discussion about this film, uh, listen to that podcast episode. I think it's our best one. Um, no offence, mate. If you want that. I felt like it was. I felt like we got something truly honest there. But um, what? It was a very honest conversation. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's written and directed by Emerald Fennell, who plays Camilla Parker Balls in The Crown, talking about multi-talented, and is based off, centred by a really unreal performance by the gorgeous Carrie Mulligan, who plays a woman who goes to nightclubs, uh, pretends to act drunk, gets sleazebags to pick her up, and then gives them a stern look, as Paddington would say, um, so, uh, it's really good. I don't want to spoil it. If you want to hear a full, open, honest discussion about the film, go watch, go listen to that podcast, go watch the film. The only reason it's not higher, and I'm going to say this very openly, it's not going to be on the end of the year list, because I associate it with last year, because it was with last year's Oscars, but I just really needed a fifth film to throw in here, and I love Promising Young Woman. And it's not left in my head. Neither has the soundtrack. I still can't stop listening to Stars of Blind by Paris Hilton, which is a bloody earworm. <laughs> Paris Hilton? No. Yeah, yeah, don't. I, I so don't bad. like Paris Hilton. No one does. No one does. Do you know who I hate more, though? Who? The other Hilton in our <laughs> life, Perez Hilton. Yeah, yeah, Perez Hilton. Like, He's a knob. He is, he is. But he does feel bad about some of the stuff he did to Britney, so... I would watch... I think there's a very interesting story in him. I would read, like, a fully remorseful book by him. But he I... was on the Uncelebrity Australia um, a year and a bit ago, and he was a knob on that. Oh, I don't think he... I think, actually, Perez Hilton must have some problem or trauma that he has to work through. Yeah, yeah. 
Alright, on with best films, Luca is in at number four. Yes, so Pixar are continuing their trend of what if X has feelings. We have Toy Story, which is what if toys had feelings. We had A Bug's Life, which is what if ants had feelings. We had Cars, which is what if cars have feelings. Inside Out, which is what if feelings have feelings. And then Luca, and I'm not quite sure if it's what if gays have feelings or what if Italians have feelings. It's just a very, very fun film. Um, if you've ever been to the like Italian coast, the Amalfi Coast, I went up there on holiday a few years ago. It's the most gorgeous place on the planet. Um, and Luca really captures that. It's set in a small town Italian village. It's, it's a Pixar film. I should specify that. And you have these mermaids and they, well, they're mermaids. Um, two male mermaids, they jump out of the water and they're human. They jump in the water and they're swimming around. And they go into a town and explore the village, but in the town they have a strong no mermaids policy because um, no mermaids are bad. Uh, that sounds crazy. And yeah, I don't think I'd like it. I, it's Pixar, so it's unbelievably sweet. It's cute. It's sweet. The mermaids are actually really cute. I love the outsider story. Um, it's very. It's quite obvious what they're hinting at. Um, it's quite gay, even in a... Like, it's a Disney film, but they're very openly hinting at certain things, more than they hint in other films they've ever done. Um, I love the Italian vibe as well. Italians are gorgeous people, and it's a really beautiful vibe. And you know what I'm loving about this podcast, Ben? Um, we've got such a good mix of shows on here. I know, I know, I've... Yeah, I, I, I thought long and hard about what to put in. Yeah, and I feel like you've strategically placed which one goes where as well. Mm. Not that it's fixed. Ben, what's at number three? Yeah, so we went from the strong hinting of gay at Luca to the incredibly crap camp Cruella, um, which had even me, someone who can barely dress themselves and basically walks around in a white T-shirt and jeans my entire life going... Oh, and Ben, um, what are you wearing now? A white t-shirt and some blue shorts um, going. Nice. We're moving up in the world from jeans to blue shorts. And I was going, oh, man, that's a, those are some epic outfits. Um, so, you, <laughs> so you have, even I'm going, oh, my God. These ben, I feel like I should be your stylist. I need, I don't know, because I play it quite safe with my clothes choices. Yeah, I don't, do I? No, I don't really have, I just think safe, play it safe. Yeah, I, I You've got good style, goes, I don't. Well, that's a bit loud. You've got good style, I don't. I will occasionally wear something very loud, but very rarely. Um, it stars Emma Thompson as Cruella Deville, um, the icon that is Cruella, um, and then you have, no, Emma Stone, sorry, and then you have the other Emma Thompson uh, playing the Baroness Von What's-Her-Face who um, is the lead fashion designer in London, 1970s London, who hires Cruella to, um, because she's got an eye for fashion and an eye for mischief. Um, but then for a series of twists that I'm not going to spoil, but they're kind of obvious, um, it all unravels very, very fast. Look, I've talked about this film's faults. It's not perfect. But it is a huge amount of fun. Like, I was I was grinning from ear to ear in the cinema watching this film. And the two Emmas just seemed to be having the best time possible. 
Like they were just loving being there, wearing the costumes, saying the lines. It's funny, it's dark, it's camp, which is a bit long, but you know, when it works, it really works. So, and not many films we can say that about. Um, what I want to know, right, is last week, well, the last podcast we did, how many people listened to the whole 59 minutes? I don't know. I haven't looked. Yeah, did you like that podcast or not? I think I should have cut it about 45. See, the thing is with the, the, the last podcast is it was so much fun. I, I think, had a great time, yeah, I think but it didn't we, feel like a podcast. Yeah, I think we... At about minute 40, it stopped being a podcast and more just three great friends um, having a chat over a Zoom call. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, we can do one like that every now and then. Every now and then, I think. And also, like, I haven't seen either of you two in person for 13, 14 months now. We need to go for a drink. We do need to go for a drink. Ben, you're in, like, the next village over from me. Charlotte's in America. Yeah. I mean, but Ben, we can go for a drink like sometime over the next couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, I'm moving back to Southampton, so you might have to come up there. But when are you moving back? Tuesday. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and I've got my vaccine on Tuesday, so we can't go out on Monday, and it's Sunday now. Um, we can. Well, so we can, well, You can come down to Southampton. That's way more pubs there. Yeah, true. But is there a spoons? There is. There's like four. Oh, I love a good spoons. Yeah. Uh, I need to find a good pubs in my new area where I'm up. What I found out is that Spoons, actually, Weatherspoons pubs, they do world beers, but they do Tusker, which literally I drank all the time when I went out to Africa. And, you know, I think the only place you can buy it in the UK is genuinely Spoons. So, but you know, most of, you know, Spoons don't look at their dates. They serve stuff that's really out of date. I have a friend who used to work there, and she's told me some horror stories. <laughs> well, that explains why you know a pint rather than being like four fifty is like two fifty. I don't go to the pints. I go for the bottles of Corona and San Peroni when I'm there, which is bad because I find a bottle slips down so much quicker. And the thing is, with the bottle, Ben, is why do you go out for, uh, to to a pub and have a bottle? Because I normally drink from a can. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Moretti from a from a tap is quite nice though. It beats Carling. It beats Carling from a can. So, and yeah, I go out. Okay. To, I go out to see my mates, not to drink beer. I do that at home anyway. <laughs> well, we know that Ben. You made that very clear. You even did a podcast strong one time. Do you remember that? It was freshers. I met you. Oh no, It was freshers. That is the only... I don't even think it was. I think you just keep telling yourself that. Um, on now to the top uh, two films of 2021 so far. So I can tell you that the two films we've got are A Quiet Place Part 2 and The Father. Which one goes where? I can reveal that the top film, in our opinion, of 2021 so far is The Father. So before we get to that, let's talk about A Quiet Place Part 2, Ben. Yeah, so... Um... The horror film, obviously, uh, scared me fucking shitless. Um, I was literally sitting in my chair, just like hold, hovering in a ball. I uh, can imagine you doing that. I'm terrible with horror out. films. And I also, I'm that nutter who goes to them on my own. Like, who goes and watches a horror film on their own? Because I did. Like, I'm not sure why. Um, it's directed again by John Krasinski. It's telling the same story of the same family from A Quiet Place 1. 
but they have really nicely expanded the world. So whereas the first story was really contained, this one's slightly bigger, the scares are bigger, the action is bigger. It's the aliens to the A Quiet Place 1's Alien. If you've seen that franchise or seen the Terminator first two, they follow very similar patterns. Um, and John Krasinski is very clearly ripping off James Cameron in how he crafts this film. But like, there are worse people to rip off than the guy who made Aliens, T2, Titanic and Avatar. Like, you could be following worse directors. Um, Emily Blunt, as ever, is perfect, but she's in a smaller world this time because the story really now follows on the older daughter who is still... She's now... She feels guilty about the death of her father in the first film, and she but she knows her ear things, hearing aids, is what scares the aliens. So she's trying to find a radio where she can broadcast the signal to stop the apocalypse, and... Um, and we see a bit more of the outside world, which is, you know, it's terrifying, as most post-apocalyptic outside worlds would be. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. I don't want to spoil it, but the sound's yeah, really good. Yeah, we've about the podcast before. You're a huge fan of this franchise, and for someone you don't like franchises, Ben. Well, to be fair, I I'm not interested in the third film. If I'm being brutally honest, um, I feel like a Quiet Place Two is a really nice continuation of a Quiet Place One. And now, as a pair of films, it's quite complete. So, I would stop here, if I'm being honest. I really like the film now. They won't, though. They won't, because they want to capitalise on... They've the got a third film in the pipeline. Um, I think there's other places in the world you could go. I would be really interested in, like, a year one TV series. Um, like, because they've skipped to, like, five years into the future... I would be much more interested to see, like, they do have the flashbacks in this film, but I'd be interested to see a different family suffer on, like, day one. Killian Murphy from Peaky Blinders is also in this film. But I was thinking, because it's an apocalypse where you can't make any noise, how well do you think you would do? Because I would not go far. Uh, no, I can never shut up. So. I would, I'm the loudest person Literally, not that I talk all the time. Either. I feel like you're loud when you want to be quiet. Yes. When you're meant to be quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine you coming home, Ben, after, you know, getting the bottle of beer at the, the, the pub. You come home and it's that person that's trying to be quiet, but you're just so loud. To be fair, though, everything sounds louder at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is much louder at night. But I'm one of those people. I'm loud in my actions. I've got very loud footsteps. You are very heavy-footed. Yeah, I'm very heavy-footed. I'm very clumsy. So, like... Also, the other thing about Quiet Place 2 and the whole Quiet Place franchise... Um, must be Quentin Tarantino's favourite film. Because they're all in bare feet the whole time. So, um, <laughs> he must love it. He must love a foot fetish. He has a foot fetish. It's very well documented. I don't understand people that have foot fetishes. I think it's strange. So, I think you don't understand doesn't... Jacob Love Island this year? No, oh, I don't. I haven't really been watching it. I've kind of found it boring. I found it dull as well, but, like, I've been at home for a week. I've got nothing else to do. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, let's talk about the film at number one, The Father. Ben, what do you love about The Father so much? So, last time we talked about it, which was the cinemas episode, I just watched the film, and I had been pretty destroyed by it. Um, 
I was actually crying for a good 20 minutes after watching this film. And now I've had some time to think it over and rest. And it's even better than it was before. Um, it stars Anthony Hopkins as an elderly man who has dementia. And it's quite late stages, I think. I don't know dementia, I don't know where it is. And his daughter, Olivia Coleman, who's had to move in with him, but she needs to move out now to move on with her life and trying to find a carer to help him and move him forward. Um, one of the things that's really interesting about this film is I was paying attention and I am not entirely sure what happened in what order. There's no clarity. Even to the things is I'm not sure if Olivia Coleman's daughter was married or not. Um, whether she's married, whether she's divorced, whether she's met someone. Because the editing, it puts you inside someone with dementia's mind. And their real struggle to manage to grasp onto things and know what's happening. And you feel disorientated while watching the film. But not in like when you're watching a Transformers film or a Fast and the Furious film where it's just action, action, action. You're disorientated because the storytellers want you to be. Which is really difficult to watch. The performances are just, they're brutal. They kill you. Anthony Hopkins in the last scene is arguably one of the most heart-wrenching acting pieces I've ever seen. I love the metaphor about the leaves. I love the thing about when you can't control that you're losing everything around you and you don't want to and everyone started talking to you differently. And the paranoia, I think, is a really interesting touch. And Olivia Coleman's excellent. Like, people haven't said this enough. She is truly excellent in this film. Um, this film just sounds absolutely incredible. And Ben, when, when uh, we did the episode just after you got back from watching it, you know, you said you were crying and there were other grown men crying. I just I just love that. So, you know, oh, go, just, go watch this film, listeners. It, it hurt to watch, but it hurt to watch in the best way possible. Like, I just... I can't wait for Florian Zeller, who's the director. His next film is called The Sun. It's the cast so far is Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, and Vanessa Kirby. And it's about a father who's struggling to connect to his son, his teenage son, who's got depression. And I think this is just going to be so good. I'm rooting for Noah Jupp. I'm rooting for Noah Jupp from A Quiet Place fame to be cast in the role of the teenage son. Sounds incredible, sounds incredible. Well, that is it then for another RT Film podcast. Um, there you have it, our best five films and TV shows of 2021 so far. Uh, make sure you follow at RT Film on Twitter. Check out the RT Film website. That is it from me, Ben and Jacob. Thank you very, very much. And uh, take care, stay safe. Goodbye. Bye.